0: Let's go, go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even
1: fun. Hey podcast listeners, Al Martin here. Uh, hope everybody is extremely well. We're back again recording Making Data Simple. Today I have the CEO of Datamania, Lillian Pearson. And uh, I'll let her introduce herself in just a moment, but Data Media's mission is to transform data professionals into better data leaders and entrepreneurs, has uh, various online courses, books, products, trainings, coaching. And I thought this was going to be an interesting conversation, one that's a little different than some we've had in, in the past. But I know Lillian and Datamania has trained a number of data professionals over a million. So I understand, as well as a new book out, Data Science for Dummies. Is that right, Lillian?
0: I rewrote Data Science for Dummies, so this is for third edition.
1: Nice. All right. Well, hey, I'll, I'll pause right there. Why don't you introduce yourself, and uh, then we'll kick it up.
0: All right. Thank you so much for having me on, Al. I am really honored. I'm really grateful for the opportunity just to come on and have this conversation with you. Hi, everyone. I am Lillian Pearson, and I support data professionals to becoming world class data leaders and entrepreneurs. And I'm CEO of Data Mania. That's my business. I started it back in 2012. Did the math on it, it's 1.2 million data professionals on data science. That's, of course, through my partnerships with both. LinkedIn Learning, and Wiley. I'm looking at that number because I'm just always so humbled by having had the opportunity to get to impact uh, people's careers and lives in a small way. And so I'm always feeling um, I'm cheering those people on numbers. So, so it's 1.2 million
1: in terms of followers? or I mean, how is it measured?
0: Just in terms of people who have either taken – my courses or read the book because those are through partnerships. So my, that doesn't count clients I've actually worked with inside my own business.
1: All fair. Look, you've influenced a lot of people. That's terrific. So look, before we jumped on, Lillian and I have, uh, you know, like we have like three minutes, no kidding, before we started recording, but she was telling me, you know, we had a previous recording date set And it had to be moved because it was in the middle of your night. Where are you at, (laughs) Lily? I didn't realize you're not in the U.S.
0: No, I'm not. I'm from the U.S., but I have been based in a place called Koh Samui. It's an island in the Gulf of Thailand. And I've been here since 2014.
1: Uh, Just a little bit more on yourself, and then we'll go into your business. You know, I do my research. You started out environmental engineering, if, if I understand that right, Mm-hmm. Even served as a professor, Was were doing environmental engineering, spatial data. And then at some point you said, I'm fed up with that. When you were doing spatial data, it looks like you were doing data analytics and then made a transition just data science and then do data mania. But can you give us a little input on our insight in terms of how you made those transitions?
0: Yeah, I'm, an, I'm a licensed environmental engineer, which... Come to find out, involves a lot of sewer system design, <laughs> water system That's design. That's okay.
1: We got to have those people, right?
0: Exactly. No, yeah. And and I like the math and science of it all. That was all great. But I just wasn't super passionate about like fittings and valves for sewer systems and stuff. So in my career in, as an environmental engineer, I kind of was always gravitating more toward the hydraulic modeling all sorts of stochastic models, always doing models and data stuff within that discipline. Then I thought, well, I will become a patent lawyer. That sounds fun. So went to law school. I said, okay, I'll be an engineer during the day, and I will go to law school at night. And it ended up that I worked in a lawyer's office, and I found out I didn't want to work with lawyers for the rest of my life. So I needed to get back into the engineering world. During that time, I got laid off from my engineering job. And I tried to get another job doing what I did before. Makes sense. If you have a degree and a license and everything, you would kind of keep trying to do what you did. But I couldn't find another job because of the housing bubble collapse. Um, There was no municipal funding for stuff like this. So I needed to get another job and I ended up getting a job with a local government doing GIS. I started doing GIS 20 years ago or something. But then quickly they transitioned me into being the lead developer on a data analytics project. And before I took that job, I'd already decided I was going to start my own business and travel the world. So I just took the opportunity to get that experience in the data space and get training on data science and you know get just work experience while I built my brand. And honestly, actually, IBM was, I think my second uh, second or third client in my business. Uh, they had me write an article. They contacted me and their pay it wasn't a lot of money, but it, you know it was really very cool for me. It um, just started, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just working in a cubicle cool. and you know, young and kind of, uh, yeah, I just didn't know much what I was doing in terms of business and stuff. And so it was, it was great. I was excited, and then I just eventually built my business. I got my professional engineering license, which took. Like nine years to qualify for all. Once I got that, I was pretty much out the door and into my <laughs> own business, and caught a flight to London, and then onward.
1: <laughs> wow! So you, when you're going to London, are you staying in uh, bed and breakfast, or you did you, did you did you? I hope you had a plan. You just didn't arrive and say, "All right, where to next?"
0: No, I had a friend there, um, a guy that I had met in Vietnam, and he. <laughs> Owned this place in East London, a nightclub, and it just seemed too posh for me not to go check it out. So I stopped by London on the way to Thailand. But then the funny thing is, actually, wasn't that funny on the way? I had a little kind of group I was part of, and I said, "Like, where in Thailand should I move?" And they said, "Chiang Mai." You know, there's going to be a lot of digital people working online there. It's going to be a lot of expats. It's going to be great. Bought a it- plane ticket to shang <laughs> and then i end up there I, I get off the plane and i'm like okay so where's my hotel and it wasn't even the same city
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? you what
0: <laughs> yeah exactly because after you're flying across the world you're so tired but um yeah shang and Chiang mai are not the same and so but it was okay i just you know it was like another two-hour bus ride and i was fine but That was interesting, you know, because it was just like all my stuff on my back. And I'm like, okay, well, here I am. It's all right. I had already traveled. I've traveled to 40 something countries and mostly on my own. So I had already done all the silly things you could do while traveling. So it was cool.
1: (laughs) I've traveled mostly in a business context. But yeah, I've got multiple stories. You you tend to figure it out after a while. You don't panic. You you say, all right, this is another challenge. We'll figure out where I'm supposed to be. What is your brand now? You've, you've obviously went through environmental engineering, yeah. through engineering, then you got interested in, um, you know, data science, but I mean, so what is your brand now?
0: Yeah, well, my brand is very closely linked to what we do in my business. And so in terms of, you know, my personal brand, we are producing content that supports data professionals to becoming better data leaders, either through data strategy training and guidance guiding them in that way or also helping them embrace leadership aspects like learning how to be you know open and vulnerable and put your best foot forward um you know even when you feel scared and you know just leadership mindset type topics and but my big passion is actually helping data professionals get going in their own data businesses. And so I would say that's my thing that I love doing the most.
1: If I'm a a listener right now and I say, look, I got to contact Data Mania. What would I expect to achieve? If I contact Lillian at Data Mania, what am I going to walk away with?
0: It depends on where you're at when you contact me, like how you think I can help you and stuff like that. So I don't generally work with client people could send an email and then we will respond back i have a team and everything uh we will respond back and i've got a bunch of different you know i've got the data entrepreneur toolkit which is a 32 best tools we found for growing and scaling your data business fast and i've got a bunch of freebies um, and so we usually get people started with the most appropriate resource we have on hand. And then once they get that resource, they will kind of get indoctrinated. Everything is very segmented, you know, um, in terms of what the stage of the person as they're coming in and stuff.
1: Asked is, is to get some specifics on when I should think, hey, data... Mania can help me get from point A to point B. But what are those points typically? I mean, okay. is it only if you're going to start your own business? Is it entrepreneur or is it to advance your career and how high of an advancement are you talking? I mean, what are we, are you going from a data science professional to an architect? Help me out here a little bit.
0: So again, it depends on the stage. Some people come like, can you teach us data science? And so then we send them over to the LinkedIn learning courses and we've got some freebies for how do you break into the data field? But that is not my bread and butter. So I just have that as kind of, you know, something helpful for them and planning our flag in the data space with the courses and books. Mostly what ends up happening is they usually sign up for my data strategy action plan, which is a $37 product for data professionals who want to get unstuck and up-leveled in their next promotion by leading fail-proof data projects. So it teaches people how to like select the use case and protect the business's return on investment into the data projects and to be very proactive about that and gives them the business approach, the process, the mindset they need in order to bring that into their data work. So that is generally where I start off with people that are working for others. But it's a progression, just like uh, Maslow's, hierarchy, people that come in and they're looking, okay, I want to learn how to do data science. Okay, great. We can help you. But that's kind of not what my bread and butter. So because once they get those skills and then they think, okay, well now I've got great job. I'm making enough money, but they want more opportunity. Right? So in that case, they can work on project management, product management, strategy type incorporating that into the data work they're doing and move into more of a leadership type role. But then once they're in a leadership type role, you know, making really good money, um, a lot of times it's still like it's Maslow's hierarchy. So like what's next? It's always what's next. Even Jeff Bezos is probably thinking, you know, what's next? So a lot of times, data leaders will want to, like they want that autonomy. They don't want to have to answer to a boss and they want to be able to bring their own visions into the world. And so that is the place that I like to pick up with people. If they're data implementation people or data leaders, either way, that's fine. But then to take them to the next level and say, okay, I can help you learn how to take your expertise and monetize your data expertise in a way that gives you the financial independence you need in order so that you can start creating that vision that you crave and like creating that impact in feeling more like autonomous, if that makes sense.
1: does make sense, but here's where I could use some clarity. Are you more focused on data strategy? Meaning is this a technology methodology type approach? Uh, where you put out some methodologies, you talk about use cases, how to choose the best use case, or is it career coach? If I go to datamedia.com, like one thing you have out there is, uh, you know, if you want more for your data career, you've got a, a even a quiz to get a yeah. personalized data career path and recommendations for more opportunity, impact, and earnings. But is it data strategy with a technology flair, or is it more career coach, or is it both?
0: Definitely, I'm not a traditional career coach because I don't know anything about corporate jobs, how to do the interviews, all of that. I kind of just exited the scene on that whole thing. But it is leadership. I would say it's leadership development and business coaching for data professionals. And The reason the data superhero quiz is something that's very near and dear to my heart. And and I don't know how... It'd be interesting to hear your perspective on this. But coming in to the data field, especially back, I don't know, eight years ago or whatever, uh, nine years ago, you know, it was not that inviting, you can be a data leader. It was like, you gotta learn, you know, this machine learning model and this machine learning algorithm. And then you need to learn reinforcement learning. You need to learn deep learning. You need to be an expert on all of it. And the technology is always changing. And it's like, never have a time to even catch your breath trying to keep up with all of that, all of the changes in the technology, uh, the specifics. My goal for the data superhero quiz was to help data professionals find themselves not what certification and what math classes do you have and what programming skills okay yes those are your skills are valid but what is your passion what is your natural i wouldn't say leadership style but what's your passion what's your natural instincts and interests and how do those dovetail together with your skill sets to make you a prime candidate for either one for one of 3 types of roles, which I've classified as either data implementation, that's my husband, he's an implementer to his core, or data leader, or data entrepreneur.
1: And you get that from a quiz?
0: Yeah, and it's 45 seconds. I would love it if you would, if you want to take it, it's super fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will certainly tell, I have it on my screen right now. I will, end- I will take it.
0: I would like to hear what you got, data leader, or you're going to probably get data leader, I think.
1: How, where did you get the experience <laughs> to be able to to put folks in these buckets? From your um, history in working in corporate, where did you get that experience? Where does it stem from?
0: I've been running my own business for nine years in the data space, mm-hmm. right? So, And I've done data implementation work. I've done data strategy consulting. I've helped people all over the world, not just data implementation people, but also business leaders. You know, I used to travel the world giving workshops and stuff. So I have a keen understanding of what it's like to be in all three roles. And I know like where I fit in and so, Like they don't tell you, you can just pretty much get data, you know, data implementation expertise, get skills in that, and then move into strategy and leadership and project management. No one tells you that. You don't have to spend 15 years of your life doing something that you don't really love doing. You know, you can become a data leader, you can start your own business, just... Like there's so many different options besides what they tell you, because there's not a course on that. That's what that's my mission is. Like people aren't aware because there's not courses out there telling you. Like I'm working on a um, actually a collaboration, trying to put together a collaboration with General Assembly to help their students. Like like after they come out of the data program, okay, so I want to take these skills and actually do start a freelance business or whatever it is. Um, So I just open people up to a world of opportunity and I know it exists. I can help people uncover their spots because it's been 10 years, you know, that I've been kind of having this unique, you know, experience and testing all sorts of strategies and tactics and figuring out what really works well and and really thinking about my clients and what they need. Um, Not just for, for making money because the money thing is like, okay, so once you get a bunch of money, You know which technically here it's not about the money after that it's like okay so what is it what is the impact that what is a thing that's going to light you up to keep you the impact you're going to make on this world and so you have data skills and you want to make an impact so how are you going to do that is it going to be through technology is it going to be through people you know and all of these conversations that they're not having in python for data science coding courses you see
1: so how does this work then? Uh, do you essentially provide services one-on-one or do you, again, is it more of a purchase? I mean, because I know you got the, and you already mentioned this, The what did you say? It was $37 for a data strategy action plan. I guess it mm-hmm. depends on where you land or what your ambition is.
0: Yeah. So it does seem my whole set of offers is geared to meeting our customers at the different levels in which they're coming into our business, right? So some people, that's data strategy, even people who are independent data consultants, like they're using the data strategy action plan to help them basically do a once over before they actually make a proposal on what to implement. I have a course going right now, Data Creatives & Co., which is for new and aspiring data entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And it's in session now, but we 're going to bring that back and make it open for enrollment year round and then what i 'm going to do is start a mentorship program i haven 't been able to because of the book update, but that'll be something like a four month or six month group program where we have you know calls and i 'm just helping new data entrepreneurs move forward and then I have one um, on one one on one coaching but that's kind of reserved you know i can 't take too many of those those spots and so how i'm doing the one-on-one i'm actually thinking of pretty soon here in a few months i need to like double (laughs) my rates for one-on-one and so do a launch before i so business
1: must be good then huh
0: i try and keep my team small business is good the data science for dummy rewrite is going to be i feel like something really unique and it's not at all like a regurgitation of other stuff you're going to see on the internet right it's very much it's available
1: now yes no
0: no it's that's the old version which is more like a handbook but this is actually more like strategy focused and focused on data businesses and monetizing data resources data expertise data technologies and There's a bunch of stuff in there. Leadership, it's got a bunch of cool stuff in there. So, But rewriting it has been now, what is this, almost six months. And so business is good. It's not where the level of growth that I'm wanting um, for my business right now, and that is mostly due to the fact that I'm tied up
1: still creating the foundation, it sounds like. I mean, you're the doing book. Like the book, yeah, et cetera.
0: Yeah, the book. I had to update it. I want to make it the best, you know, when your name's on something. It's like, of course, you want it to be the best it possibly can. And I redid my curriculum. So it's kind of like I'm building this foundation and we're building a community around the book with tons of, like, really valuable resources that you can get if you go over to the website. Then once the book is done... Then it's going to be, like, I'm excited because then it's going to be, like, I'm planning, like, three years of just pure growth. Because every dollar I make, I reinvest in my business right now. And so, and I'm planning on doing that for, like, another few years, you know, and, and with the goal of hitting, you know, hitting seven figures and getting to the point where, you know, it, like, makes sense to actually get to reap some of the benefits of all the hard work. So
1: is your team worldwide or are they all in thailand
0: no my integrator is in georgia my content manager is in canada yeah and then we have besides those two we mostly have free freelancers helping on an on as needed basis and i I try and keep i really want to keep the business lean and just have you know two or three people in there with me and then the rest is freelancers Because that, I mean, having a big overhead and having to manage, right now my integrator actually is managing all of my, the freelancers, which is awesome. Yeah. And so just move them up and give them more responsibility. That's a really nice thing about having a type of business like I have, like a business that's based off of a personal brand is you don't have to have a huge overhead in terms of team and expenses and you can keep your profit margins really high which is incredible you know we have an incredible opportunity right now with the online space you know like <laughs> profit margins are like quadruple what you would get if you had like a brick and mortar stores so it's like just a really good time even despite covid you know it when, was is the,
1: when is the book out
0: the book will probably be out in september
1: You've got an existing book now. Mm -hmm. What what do you get with this book? And how does it differentiate itself from other books that might be out there? Or, Or what is the next revision? Is it a revision or is it in an addition to book? And then same question, what do you get there that you don't get anywhere else? I mean, you were talking about, hey, look, you didn't want to make it like anything else you could get out there. So what's the delta? What's the differentiator?
0: Okay, so what it is now is more like a textbook. And literally schools used it as, you know, textbook. And so it's basically just, it's not coding. The coding is in LinkedIn for my LinkedIn learning courses, but this is the data science, you know, explanation of the math and statistics. Like what is data science? Mm
1: -hmm. An
0: explanation and overview of the different options and so on and so forth. So that is the existing version, which, you know, like it's got 4.4 stars on Amazon. So like, it's not, I like, it's a good, it's a fine book, but I've grown since then, right? So it's true that if you were to spend two and two and a half years Googling, you could probably learn It's like a glossary it's a handbook it's a this is what it is this and this is what's this and this is what's this you could just google it if you googled for like a few years (laughs) but now i've had like i'm saying like almost a decade of running my own company and fifty thousand dollars worth of business coaching and supporting other data entrepreneurs of all different types to hit multiple six figures in their business. So I've seen a lot. I didn't have the confidence if I didn't even have the experience back then when they had hired me to make this book, it Mm -hmm. was so long ago. So now it's like where I used to try and figure out what other people were saying on a topic. It's like, I don't really care what anyone else is saying on the topic because I know my perspective on our industry from everything from data privacy and like, you know, the whole iOS 14 update and what that means to, you know, the future of, you know, our experience on the internet.
1: Well, let me ask you this. In terms of persona, who is data mania really targeting? Is it the young, newly graduated data scientist? Or is it the data scientist that's, you know, let's say is five years into their role and looking at taking it to the next level or the executive? I mean, which one do you say is your you know target clientele?
0: No, um, all data professionals of all backgrounds. So it doesn't matter if they just came out of college or if, you know, sometimes I've worked with people who have been data leaders for 20 years and they want to start their own business so that really doesn't matter because when it comes into growing your own business there's so many different ways of going about doing that how you proceed depends on your current circumstances where you are at in your data career now so it's more about not like what they've done in the past Um, And their status in the data field, but more about what is their passion and what lights them up and how can they use their data experience and expertise to create a business that allows them to live the life that makes them happy, you know?
1: All right. Let me ask you this one and um, just to kind of put it all together. Look, you have a lot of offerings out here. Uh, You've got LinkedIn Learning. You have uh, the books you have uh, a website that you know provides data strategy action plans like you mentioned and or even personal mentoring as you mentioned you know if I'm one of the listeners I mean where do I start what what do you think is a blueprint what's the format to, uh, of engagement here that you would recommend?
0: I would say start with the data superhero quiz
1: on your website uh, which yeah, is it's
0: Fun 45-second quiz that will help you uncover your the ideal data role for you given your passion, personality, and data skill sets.
1: Where can folks listening reach you? Is it data-mania.com? Is that the best spot or where else? LinkedIn?
0: If you want to send an email, you can do that. It's lillian at data-mania.com or just shoot me a message on LinkedIn that... Platform is open. And yeah, I mean, if someone is curious and wants to get started, you know, if you send me an email, we'll get you going in the right direction. We have so many free resources, depending on where you're at and where you're heading. But then the um, quiz... I feel like it's a really great tool for opening people up to different realms of possibility they didn't know was available to them. Um, And then once you get on my email list, you'll be kind of indoctrinated to what we're doing in the company and how we can support you
1: Sounds great. Hey, is there anything that I didn't ask that you would have liked me to ask?
0: <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah,
1: I got it. All no. right. Well, just uh, we'll put all this in the show notes. Uh, and uh, look, I appreciate you being here. Let me, if you don't mind, just a couple personal questions as we end. So why is Thailand and uh, in, in where you're living today? You said you went to 45 different countries when you traveled? Been all over. So why is Thailand number one?
0: Just imagine like a nice ocean breeze that's, you know, and weather that's always in the 80s and turquoise water (laughs) and fresh coconuts to drink and fruit platters. And in Buffalo walking on the along the side of the road and chickens in the road and like I would live literally in like a village. Except for it's not like a village like hippie village. It's like <laughs> then you go and it's like the luxury, the beauty, you would not believe these places that it's like overlooking sea view, but then it's like I see these places in Silicon Valley from Netflix. It's like Silicon Valley style like architecture and like Mm -hmm. so stunning and like so like fabulous Mm
1: -hmm.
0: just for for the tourists that come you know but um so it's all right here and available so on the weekends we're just hanging out and like these places they look like paintings so it's just like and and the cost of living is less than it would be if i was in america so it's just like
1: best of every world
0: really i mean i'm so happy here
1: so, in uh, last question, seems like you're very adventurous, free spirit, uh, you know, you've went to a lot of different countries to work, etc. What's been the catalyst uh, to success? I mean why, why uh, a lot of people would be uh, you know less inclined to, to take that kind of uh, I don't know if it's a risk, but to to travel and, and start their own business. How is it so easy for you?
0: Well, it was very easy for me when I started because I had gotten laid off after jumping through everything. That sounds
1: like that was a dilemma turned into an opportunity. I mean, that's what they often say it could be. I mean, that was probably the best thing that happened. Yes or no?
0: It was, but it forced me through like major trauma and pain. You know, like it was scary. And I never want to be in that position again where I depend on, you know, any one source for taking care of my needs. And then since then, it's like, So I've got, honestly, because I've settled down and out, I've made, I've learned a lot in the time as growing my business. And so I've made a lot of pivots and I didn't have the clarity on who my ideal client was that I, I didn't always have the clarity I have now, um, Mm -hmm. in terms of who I help and how I help them. Now I finally, I'm all in, you know, I'm all in on helping data professionals become world-class data leaders and entrepreneurs. And I'm invest like I believe in my business and in that vision and in myself enough to invest everything I'm earning to grow in that way and I have to tell you that when I stop changing and jumping from here to there and all of this stuff because it gets tedious it's not as exciting you know to be committed and to see a vision through I'm an entrepreneur at heart to see that through and to like this isn't you know this is actually the work it's not the idea part it's the actual getting it done and um so i do have times where i'm like geez like if i just took a job as a product manager you know like <laughs> i could make all this money and because i'm reinvesting my money right now which is like all
1: right.
0: um so i'm like okay well it could be you know this or that and so now further along in my journey, you know, I can see where sometimes I think about like, oh, that would be interesting to get this really fancy job, making hundreds of thousands of dollars in salary. But then the truth is like, I'm deeply like tied to the mission and to the, to what we're doing, literally helping people break free from, they don't want to work for someone else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good summarization. Look, I think people sometimes go their entire lives trying to, to find the purpose that at least you found, yet you're never satisfied, which is is part of that entrepreneurial spirit. So thank you for being on here. Uh, Lillian Pearson, CEO of Data Mania. I appreciate it. This has been a fascinating conversation. I wish your business complete success. And for those listening, as always, thank you again. Hit us on Al Talks Data at gmail.com. We'll get a guest on that uh, suits your fancy. We listen. Thank you. And until next time, we'll see you on the podcast.
0: Until next time, let's go over and out.